This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for the Babysitter's Club. Hey, Dan, we're recording. My man. Buddy. Hi, I, hi, and welcome no, 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 to no, 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 the Babysitter's no, 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 Club hang Club, hang club no, no. Little Sister, Little Episode. No. My name is Tanner Greenring. Here's what's unfair. And your name is Jack Green, Green Ray. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw you wrote that down on your, your notepad a hundred times. your name is Mrs. Jack Green Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, bud, I'm down for you to introduce this show. Yeah, it's my I, show. I get that that's what happens. This yeah. is your show. Yeah. You call the shot my show it's your show welcome to the babysitter's club club little sister little episode my name is tanner greenring being a little autocratic your name is jack shepherd this week we read babysitter's club little sister karen brewer's school picture what was it called (laughs) my notes to the Little Sister series. Is this what it feels like when someone else just sits on the other end of the mic and is is, is silent? Is this what it feels like? Welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club. Little Sister, Little Episode. My name is Tanner Greenring. Across the table from me right now is Jack Shepard. He's being a brat. <laughs> this week we read Babysitter's Little Sister, number five, Karen's School Picture. Jack, how did you enjoy the book? Fine. Great. I liked it very much. Karen gets glasses. Ah, I have glasses. Glasses make you a powerful and charming individual. Jack, I notice you don't have glasses. <laughs> You're actually doing a better job of hosting this than I thought you were going to. I kind of I had this idea that if I just sat back and acted like you act when we're recording the main podcast that we do, the, the Babysitters Club, we do. Club yeah. the main podcast, the other starring one. me, Jack Shepard, and my co-host, you, Tanner Greenring. Tanner Greenring, yeah. I thought that if I sat back and acted like you, which is like a spoiled brat who doesn't contribute and just kind of runs resistance, yeah. that you would do a bad job. No. You've kind of, you've I kind take of control of this situation, unlike do- <laughs> you were able to. Have been doing a pretty good job so far. So, Here's the thing about glasses, Jack. Yeah. They make you look smart. They make you look charismatic. They make you look mysterious. Mm-hmm. Is he wearing those because he has bad eyesight or because he's sophisticated? Who? Maybe both. You? Yeah. Uh, I should reveal now, in case you're hearing this audio in the background, that we have a bar downstairs from my house. Yeah. Uh, where sometimes people like to c- kind of come outside of the bar. Fight. And just shout? Just shout and fight. Should I open the window now and yell at them to shut the fuck up? You're going to have to pull down all that baffling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, baby nation. Go into your bedroom. Okay, I'm going to go. Okay, Tanner, can you vamp for me while yeah, I go into my I'm gonna bedroom? I'm going to go. Open Jack the window. Is, so Jack and is going to go into his bedroom. As politely as I can. Right. To, Sirs? To be quiet. <laughs> Sirs? <laughs> Gentlemen? I appreciate that you're having a heated debate, but... All right. Okay, Baby Nation, here's the thing. This is my show. It's better than the other show. Jack is a dumb idiot. Um, in these episodes... Um, they definitely didn't hear you. Really? They're too busy shouting. Nothing? I also don't think they're in the backyard. No, they are. I watched them. 
Uh, did you? Did you hear me even? Or was oh, it just yeah. this ineffectual? Oh, no. It was It was loud and angry. <laughs> but they were too busy shouting. They definitely didn't hear you. Well, Baby Nation, here we are. Should we pour water on them? <laughs> I'll pour water on them. <laughs> they seem like they're having a nice time. Okay. Here we are, Baby Nation. It's uh, your good friend, Tanner. Your good friend, Jack. We, on these episodes, yep. we read the... Little Sister series of Babysitter's books. Uh, they track the life of Karen Brewer, mm-hmm. Christie's young stepsister. You're doing such a fucking they good job. They are written Tanner, for... Can, I, can we just stop you for a second? Yeah. Normally, you don't do a good job. I do a great job, This is what you're going to say. This week. You're doing on... one of those like psych outs. You're like, you, no, do, no. you don't do a good job. You do a great job. No, it's not a psych out. Yeah. Normally, you don't do a good job. You do a great job. Of hosting this podcast. Right. You do a great this job. This week on Babysitter's, Babysitter's Club, 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 colon, colon little, little Sister, Sister, Little Episodes. Little Episodes, starring me, Jack Shepard. Yep. And my co-host, Tanner Greenring. No, Jack, no, you're mistaken. You are doing a fucking fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, cut you know it, what? Cut it. Hey, cut it all. So, in these episodes, what we do is we release these pretty sporadically. We release them when we... Fucking feel like it, baby nation. What? Get off our cases. Yeah. Also, we've already recorded an episode tonight, and we're pretty sauce. <laughs> yeah, I was just yelling at people. <laughs> we're not sauce. We're not drunk. We're fine. We're... Guys, we're fine. Energetic. We're energetic. We just recorded a very energetic podcast. It was about- all about childhood leukemia. <laughs> now we've revealed where we are in time. Oh, yeah. So if we re- release this in like six months. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, holy shit. <laughs> that was after the childhood leukemia one. We do this whenever That was we the want. one where I almost stopped listening. <laughs> yeah. We release these at will. We release these at will. Right. We record them at will. Yeah. It's been about six months since we recorded one. Yeah. We release them at will, Baby Nation. We release them when we think you've earned it. That's a true fact. And you're in luck because this Thursday, or maybe you're listening on Friday, you've earned it, Baby Nation. Here we are. Let's talk, Jack. Let's talk about Little Sisters number five. Hey, you haven't even told them what it is yet, right? This is how good you are at what we're doing. You haven't told them what the book is called. Babysitters, Little Sister number five, Karen's Cool Picture. <laughs> you had to think about it. <laughs> I was looking at you. I was looking in your little eyes, and you couldn't even you couldn't even get it together to make a goof or a joke because you you were frantically searching your memory banks for what the title of this book was. And, and I was you right. Presumably read today Karen, on the subway. Karen's school picture. Yeah. Karen Brewer, Christie's stepsister. Okay, what has her own series of books? Yep. Yeah. What do we do normally? We discuss them. The way we kick off that discussion Good. is Jack. Mm-hmm. Don't guide me. I can do this, Dad. <laughs> Feels like you need it. Uh, Jack will give a brief synopsis, one sentence, no more, no less, Okay. of this book. Why not more? Not allowed. <laughs> then I give a brief synopsis, 30 seconds, Okay. no more, no less. Okay. What, do you want to kick that off? Is there a reason off? for that convention? Not important. Okay. Do you want to kick that off now? Sure. Why don't you go first? You want me to describe One sentence, no more, no less. If you go over... Yeah. You're excommunicated. <laughs> Is that a thing that you can do? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I'm going to describe this book in one sentence, no more, no less. Ricky thinks Karen's finally out of the picture, but he's about to get schooled. 
September 1989. Get the picture. Karen's school picture. Okay. Some tricky punctuation in there. A <laughs> lot of semicolons. Uh-huh. A <laughs> lot of colons. Uh-huh. A lot of other punctuations, <laughs> which probably turns it into several sentences rather than just one, but... I got that out fucking fast as hell. I'm ready. And I hope Put that- me in, coach. Okay. Put me in, seconds. assistant coach. Yeah. I'm the coach. Put me in. <laughs> I'm the coach. You're the assistant coach. I'm I the coach. I'm telling you, the assistant coach, mm-hmm. to put me into the game. <laughs> There's a thing called a player coach. Yeah. That's is that what you are? Yeah. You're a player coach. Yeah. You coach, but you also put Play. me in. But who's going to put you in? Your the boss. Assistant coach. The assistant coach. No. Okay, I'm going to put you in now, coach. Ready. You ready to go in? Because. Uh, I'm the assistant coach here, and uh, I'm in charge now and while you're, you're playing. Pretty worthless, pretty useless to this whole operation. While you're playing, I am the coach. Yeah. And I'm in charge of this. So I'm going to put 30 seconds on this clock. I hope you can describe this novel for the – Is it? The, it's the baby nation. Let's admit it. We just put them all in one feed. <laughs> <laughs> baby nation. Tanner is going to describe this book for you now in exactly – 30 seconds he's gonna begin right now karen is getting headaches she's slipping up in school she's not doing as well as she used to every time she tries to read she gets a headache her eyes start to hurt turns out she needs glasses she goes to the optometrist a new brewery and character who measures her eyes and gives her glasses one pink pair for seeing far away one blue pair for seeing close up icky ricky starts making fun of her Psych, Icky Ricky needs glasses too School pictures come Icky Ricky doesn't wear his glasses Karen wears both her glasses What's up? That's it, I pretty much got it There was probably like an end to that sentence That yeah. I could have done, but I didn't need yeah, to Yeah, you got it, yeah. you got it, that's it Karen's school picture, she yeah. needs glasses She yeah. needs glasses Jack, Yeah. this book was a smorgasbord of first degree burns <laughs> Let me count one, two, three, four, five first-degree burns in this book. I've only got one really good one. Okay. What was yours? I don't like how you host this show. Okay. Normally, on the Babysitter's Club Club, yeah, I do a description, you do a description, then we talk about the book a little bit. Okay. And then, when we're done talking about the book, we go into a, you know, just kind of winding things down segment called burn of the week okay 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 well then i have an idea what i have an idea you go back to your fucking show (laughs) and do things your way okay you're on babysitter's club club colon little scissor little episodes and we do things my way jack what was your burn okay my first degree burn this week which i was not prepared to talk about at this stage is a little moment between karen and ricky torres Icky Ricky. Icky Ricky, her arch nemesis in this novel, where, just kind of reading my notes so I can kind of get the setup to it. Do you want to, like, go over the book a little bit so there's some context? No, 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 no. Who's who's Ricky? That's something that, if I were hosting the podcast, I would have been like, hey, let's go over the book a little bit. Let's, like, figure out, like, talk about some of the characters and the burns would make more sense for the I think we should do that. The thing I just suggested. No, I don't I don't see that. It's not your show though. So let's go over the book a little bit before you dive in. Okay. Um Karen Wait, is having on. a can lot I, of trouble can at can school. Can I just can I just interrupt? Yeah, yeah. Is that not what I just fucking suggested? Mm, I don't recall. 
Remember when you were like, hey, let's do Burn of the Week? And I was like, normally I like to talk about the book a little bit. I don't think so. Remember you were like, go back to your show when I said that? Yeah, I think that was about something else. Because then I said, let's go over the book a little bit so that people have some context from okay. Burns. Okay. And I think that's kind of where we're at now. Right. Right. Okay. So you want to go over the book a little bit? I think we should. Okay. Hey, man, it's your show. Yeah. Great. You want to lead the charge? Yeah, so Karen Brewer has glasses. What a nerd. <laughs> what a fucking nerd who wears glasses. <laughs> here's something, Jack. Yeah. Here's a startling truth. Okay. There's no Amanda Delaney in this book, man. Yeah, okay, that's Where real. are the Delaney's? That's, re- that's real. Where and... are the Delaney's? And Baby Nation, who knows when we're going to release this. Maybe we will have discovered it by then. Do you think the Delaney's will be back? In the, in the main hey, canon? I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I don't know what to expect from Anne. But at the moment of this discussion, Baby Nation, Amanda the Delaney family, um, Amanda and Max, and their $400 Persian cat. And their parents. And their parents. Right. And their dog of some name and of some breed. And of some dollar amount. Of some dollar amount unstated. Right. right. Have been disappeared. That's happened in the main canon? That's happened in the main canon. They're gone. And and in previous Little Sister books, Karen has specified that her two best friends are Hanny Papadakis and Amanda Delaney. Yep. Can I read you a passage? Please. I am Karen Brewer. I am six years old. I am supposed to be in the first grade. But after I started the first grade, my teacher said, Karen can do second grade work. Let's put her in the second grade. So mommy and daddy said, okay. And the next thing I knew, I was in Mrs. Coleman's class. That was fine with me. My two best friends are Hanny Papadakis and... Nancy Dawes. Nancy Dawes? Where is Amanda Delaney? They're already in Mrs. Coleman's class. Yep. Nancy Anne. Dawes? Yep. Anne? Anne. <laughs> the, and this is... We've read all of the previous Little Sister books. My best friends... And I'm paraphrasing here from previous Little Sister books. Yes. My name is Karen Brewer. My best friends are Hanny Papadakis and Amanda Delaney. Right. And sometimes we hang out with this fucking chick from down the street called Nancy Dawes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Maybe. Maybe. She's got a weird thing about erasers. She's not in the fucking kitty cat club. Is she in the kitty cat club? (laughs) No. No, She doesn't even have a fucking cat. Oh. What did you do to them, Anne? Anne. Where are the Delaney's? Just break, like honestly, we and- thought this was this was gonna be like our way in. Yeah, this was gonna be the the trailhead. Yeah, for this cold case that is <laughs> where is their Delaney's? We really did. This is real. We really did. You disappeared that. them here too, huh? Yeah, the scholastic lawyers were like, and you can never mention the Delaney's again. And Anne was like, why? Why? They're some of my favorite characters. I've already set them up to be the ones who replace Karen Brewer when she dies. Right. They're like major Amanda. players in the Brewerverse. Yeah, they're major fucking players. Right. Amanda is the, the next Stark in line to Karen's Ned. Right. And the Scholastic lawyers were like, nope. No. Nope. And you don't need to know anything We have big more plans for the Delaney's, Anne. That you cannot mention them ever again. Okay, fine. So, fine. So we've got Henny and Nancy, best friends of Karen. Right. Uh, and they enter into this novel that is a philosophical disquisition about the lenses through which we mediate our experience and try to pick apart the moral landscape that we inhabit right 
Here's something I'm having trouble making sense of. I feel like I just kind of laid something down on the table there, and you just kind of walked right past it. Do you want me to take another run up at it? The thing about this book is it's a book that is about the lenses through which we I can't quite track this our... logic. Um, Ricky, Icky Ricky gets glasses, yeah. and he starts getting bullied on the school playground mm-hmm. by a boy named Bobby Gianelli. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Gianelli, who was a big bully, made a grab for Ricky's glasses. He tried to snatch them right off his face, cut it out, yelled Ricky again, and he darted away from Bobby. Hey, who did Hank? Some other bully. Guess what? Ricky is a girl. Karen wears glasses. Natalie wears glasses. Miss mm-hmm. Coleman wears glasses. Right. And now Ricky's got them. Yeah, he is a girl, cried Bobby. Right. I do... How do I say this delicately? Do only girls wear glasses? Um, It's a syllogism. Okay. Right? I'm just saying because I wear glasses, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be a girl. Right. I just think it would make my life a little complicated if all of a sudden at the age of 32 I was a girl. Right. Like I've got insurance forms is, I probably need to go fill out. This is a classic example, and Anna's giving it to I have us, to explain it to my wife. Of a logical syllogism. And the way that works is some girls wear glasses. Yeah. Tanner wears glasses. Therefore, Tanner is a girl. It's watertight. So you're siding with Bobby and... Yeah. Hank. Yeah. Premise A, premise B, if A, then B, QED. Right. Some girls wear glasses. Tanner wears glasses. Therefore, Tanner is a girl. She's laying it out here in this book. You can do whatever it just you makes, like. It makes my life a little more complicated. I'm into it, I guess. Like, I can make do. Have you thought about getting contact lenses? I tried. I'm not good at touching my eyes. Ugh, that seems horrible. I wouldn't want to touch your eyes either. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I wouldn't want to do that, especially if it's something that you didn't want me to do, is because I see the world through a moral lens, much in the way that this book is a book about the moral lenses through which we mediate our experience and see the world. Okay. Didn't you see that? Yeah, sure. She she wears pink glasses, <laughs> rose-colored glasses. She does wear rose-colored cool colored. glasses, doesn't she? Yeah. And you know what that means, don't you? Yeah. But we're not going to get into that. Karen goes through a journey in this book. You think so? She has headaches because she can't see the world straight. Eventually, she finds a way to look at the world, the lens through which she can mediate her experience. Glasses. And then she is faced with a moral challenge and puts a moral challenge against her, a tower that she must conquer. Ricky Torres. Ricky. Icky Ricky. Icky Ricky. Right. The tower. Torres. (laughs) It's a a big name. (laughs) It's a big name for a little man. Icky Ricky. The tower Torres. The tower. (laughs) You're saying people who don't wear glasses are immoral. No. And people who wear glasses have a lens of morality. No, I'm trying to... So I am a moral good... Uh girl <laughs> and you are an immoral naughty boy <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what i'm saying that's what i've laid out for you okay and you're a regular icky ricky the tower torres yeah and you're just a moral girl karen yeah. brewer right glasses wearing you've seen through me you've now i'm through- on board <laughs> i should explain for the baby nation yeah what i, th- I thought that i was saying was that 
maybe there is a second level of the text that says Karen is mediating her experience through these lenses and in the course of this novel learns to judge Ricky Torres in a different way and grows as a person. Mm-hmm. And that is similar to how we mediate our experience in life through a moral lens and learn to judge the people in our lives who, who maybe annoy us mm-hmm. and interrupt us mm-hmm. and other such things. But you don't wear glasses. <laughs> so it all that falls apart, track. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, David Michael calls okay. Karen the professor. <laughs> throughout yeah yeah like a philosophy professor i caught a note here that says i bet jack would like it if people called him the professor (laughs) (laughs) but that'll never happen because you don't wear glasses (laughs) i have perfect vision it's not a fucking crime no it's just you're missing out on a lot man you're immoral (laughs) you're a doofus a boy a boy yeah it's just like oh for three would you at least call me the tower i'll call you the tower (laughs) (laughs) okay well, listen, look, the tower, the test that Karen has to go through. Yeah. And I believe that there are some people in Baby Nation who maybe can see this book on the two possible levels that it is being taught to them on. Mm. Metaphor. I don't think I was paying attention. I caught the one level. The glasses are the moral lens through which we mediate our experience. Right. Ricky Torres is not just Ricky Torres. His name is Torres. It means the tower. He is the tower. He is the test that she must pass. Okay. She has, and I haven't spent a lot of time parsing this out, so we can maybe just do it together. Let's dive in, man. She has ten, fucking chop. 10 things that she is going to do. She has a 10-point plan for Ricky Torres. Ricky spends this whole book tormenting her. Yeah. Calling her names. Yeah. Some classics. Yeah. Four Eyes. Yeah. Batwoman. Which I thought was just truly excellent. That was excellent. Because it takes this logical leap that you really have to like it's good. go on the journey with It's him. something to end The thing well. is, yeah. she's blind. Yeah. Like a bat. Yeah. She's a woman. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Now bat you're woman. Batwoman. Yeah. Now you're Batwoman. I also think, do bats have four eyes, kind of? No. No. They have two eyes and they're very poor. Oh. I just, I didn't. You thought that. bats had four eyes. I didn't take the full leap. I was like, maybe bats have four <laughs> eyes. You know what's interesting? Yeah. Uh, the philosopher Thomas Nagel has uh-huh. an essay called What It's Like to Be a Bat. That and, is interesting. Moving on. and it, Do you think these pictures are by Hodges while you... Which ones? The pictures of Karen and throughout the book. Oh, I've got some talk about the pictures. The thing about the pictures in these books, Baby Nation, is they're excellent. The faces are all rendered in photorealistic style. Yeah. And the rest is just a fucking crapshoot. Let me sh- Can I show you a picture, Tanner? <laughs> Like, the faces are all flawless, and then the rest is just, like, squiggles. Hodges came through, and he drew the the faces, and then a child came through and was like, I got it from here, Hodges. Here's some squiggles. I'm going to show you a picture, and I know that this does not translate well onto an audio medium, but I'm going to pass you my iPad here across the void. The void of meaning? The void of meaning. Right. Against which we are constantly butting our heads and never managing to push through and... I guess touch noses. Yeah, I think that's the magic of the show. Yeah. (laughs) If we ever did touch noses, everyone would leave. be like, yeah, well, now we saw it. Did you hear? They touch noses. (laughs) It's like when Ross and Rachel finally get together. Right. What were you showing me a picture of? I want to pass across this void to you a picture in this book 
that is of Christy is comforting Karen Brewer after she gets glasses. Yeah. And Christy's brothers, Sam, Sam and Charlie, and Charlie, who are, I'm going to say 15 and 16 years old, yeah, are standing in the background looking on with with some mirth yeah. on their faces cuz they're know, all they're all celebrating they understand that Karen's suffering cuz she's got glasses she's worried she doesn't look great right but they're trying to comfort her but they also see that there's some humor there right it's a rite of passage right. and i pass this picture to you yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> okay so what we've got is we've we've got Christy whose head and hair is just flawlessly captured. <laughs> and then beneath that, she's just kind of lines. Yeah. We've got Karen, whose head and hair are flawlessly captured, and beneath that, she's just kind of lines. Yeah. We've got Charlie, in the, or Sam in the background. Yeah. Um, he's looking very cool, very young, very hip. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a young 80s boy. Chuckling to himself. Yeah. And then there's an old man. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this, like a... Like a withered... I'm going to say 50-year-old man. He looks like the picture of Dorian Gray. is about halfway back his head. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a little bit of a paunch. Yeah. Kind of an old man's gut. Yeah. I would just... I would assume it's Watson. <laughs> but I know it's not. <laughs> yeah. I know that it's supposed to be Charlie. Something happened to these men. <laughs> What are you doing, Hodges? Yeah, I don't know, Hodges. Is it Hodges? It's Hodges. Well, who knows? We, let's not look it up. Back to the text. You better believe no, no, no. I'm looking it no, no, up. No, please don't look it up. Who cares? Who cares? Who could possibly care? All right, you look it up. I'm going to hit pause and get myself a beer. Give me a beer, too. All right, you're looking it up. It says right here at the very beginning of the book, Babysitter's Little Sister, Karen's School Picture, Anna and Martin, illustrations by Susan Tang. It's not Hodges. Why don't. did you make Charlie look 60, Susan? Susan? Why are you so good at faces and heads, Susan? <laughs> yeah. And just everything else is a crapshoot. Yeah. You got tired of drawing Charlie's hair halfway through. <laughs> you're like, Susan, eh, Charlie's half bald oh, now. That's fine. Listen, Karen... Faces a moral test, and she has a 10-point plan. Yeah. That 10-point plan is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's good. I wrote it down. Shall I read it? Briefly. How can I fucking read it briefly? It's 10 points. They're all individually brief? No, no, that's not true, because 6 through 10 are all just one long point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, listen, you're the host of this show, Tanner. Why don't you walk us through this 10-point plan? I don't want to. Captain. Okay, Ricky is mean to Karen. Yep. Karen makes a plan for getting back at Ricky. Yeah. It's a 10-point plan. Okay. It's very sound. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, it, well, it's titled, title page, mean things to do to Ricky. Right. Good. Number one, tell him he smells. Fair. Jury's out. Does he smell? Who knows? Who can say? Who can say? Number two, put my strawberry eraser in his desk and tell Mrs. Coleman he stole it. Karen decides not to do this one because it involves too much subterfuge. Yep. Number three, tattle on him to Miss Coleman about the names he calls me. Boring and bad. Boring and bad. Number four, put a worm in his lunchbox. Good, not solid, bad. Solid. Yeah. Yep. Number five, put pepper, lots of it, in his lunch bag. Cruelty to worms. Okay. These are cumulative. Yeah. You put a worm in someone's lunchbox, fine. Don't then put pepper in it. That's going to be more of a crime against the worm than it is going to be against the owner of the lunchbox. Right. Number six, hide his reading book. 
week. Fine, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Number seven through ten. Tell him his eyes have turned orange. Then Nancy, tell him his eyes have turned orange. <laughs> then have Hanny and maybe Natalie tell him his eyes have turned orange. Laugh at him if he checks in the mirror. That's solid. That's seven. That's gaslighting. This is all gaslighting. Six through ten is just one big gaslighting campaign. The reading book is gone. He can't read. And it's like, oh, is it because my eyes are orange? And then it's like, well, Karen told me my eyes are orange, but I think that she's probably lying to me because she has a vendetta against me. Then lo and behold, fucking Hanny Papadakis says it. Right. Nancy Dawes says it. The ghost of Amanda Delaney, like, breathes it into his ear. Right. And then Miss Coleman says it. Right. And he's like... And he's like, well, are my eyes orange? Are my eyes orange? And he looks in the mirror and they're not. And he's like, well, they're not. Fuck. I right. I know I have this intrinsic truth now. Right. That my eyes are not orange. And then, then there's this question which is like, what are the lenses through which we see the world? Like, am am I wrong or are they wrong? And then number eight, tell him Molly Foley from Mrs. Fulton's room says she's in love with him and, and wants, wants to kiss yeah. him on the playground. Right. Just knocking him further off balance. Right. And then it's like I might like that. Or I might hate it, but either way, I, with these fucking orange eyes... I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. Ask him to seesaw with me during recess. When my end is on the ground, I'll roll off and say, Ow, my leg, like I'm hurt, and he will crash to the ground. Jesus. So you've knocked him off balance, and now you're... Literally knocking him off balance. Like pushing him over. <laughs> what the hell? Number 10, tell him I will never, ever speak to him again, ever. That Communication is just cut off. Yeah. This is just a brutal campaign of gaslighting yeah and it's more than that it's like psychological warfare you make him believe that there's something physically wrong with him take away any access he has to the outside world you're hiding his reading books right make him believe that people in his life are into him at that moment at that moment when he's at his weakest when they're not and they're definitely not then physically because who would be he's a fucking nerd and smells bad we don't know whether he smells bad well, Karen says he does. So. I guess, why would you say that if he doesn't? So he smells bad. Right. Girls don't like him. No. She just knocked the tower down, man. She knocked it down. But at what cost? At what cost? Well, just before lunch, I threw away my list of mean things to do to Ricky. She throws it away after she gets two pairs of glasses. Right. She's learned to see the world in a different way. <laughs> She's just compounding. Yeah. Whew. Okay, Ricky, you lucked out this time. Yeah. Ricky doesn't let up, though. No, Ricky... He's kind of a bad boy. He's a guy who, you knock him down, he gets back up again. Right. Yeah. The Torres is just rebuilt. Does Torres mean tower? Oh, wait, I didn't tell you my fucking first-degree burn. I know, we were offering context. Well, have we got there? No, yeah, now we've gotten there. Can I tell you it to you? Yeah, Jack, what's your first-degree burn? First-degree burn. Yeah. I feel like you should explain to the Baby Nation what we do when we do first degree burn. Fine. I feel like I shouldn't have Fine, to tell you. Dad. You're the host of the fucking podcast. I'll tell Baby Nation what we do, Dad. Okay. On the other show that we have that's not good, we do this thing called Burn of the Week where we pick out our favorite burn. You don't like that segment? I love it. Okay. This episode, this show, mm-hmm. a little smaller, we pick a first degree burn. A little littler? Not quite as hot. As the burns of the week. Yeah. But still just real good. Real good insults. Yeah. Karen just levies a number of them against Ricky, and Ricky levies a number of them against Karen this week. Okay. Well, What was one of yours, Jack? 
my one I think is going to be, I believe, because it was such a fucking good burn, it's going to be your one as well. Yeah. So as I describe it, if you would like to join with me in describing this for the Baby Nation. Sure. You're welcome to hop on board. Yeah. Because this is a good burn. This is a very, very good burn. Yeah. Ricky and Karen are going at it toe to toe. Right. She calls him Icky Ricky. Icky he Ricky, the Tower of Power. The Taurus. Tower of Power Taurus. He calls her Four Eyes. He calls her Batwoman. Solid, solid. Back and forth. He sticks his tongue out at her. Yeah. She sticks her tongue back out at him and right. passes him a note that says, leave me alone. You with me on this? Yeah. Is that your burn? This is, no. Okay. That's not even close. Oh, okay, okay. That's the beginning. That's yeah. what it, that's like, ooh, there's a singe, right? Yeah. He's, he's feeling a little like, oh, it's, that, something, it's hot It's in like here? when you've been, you fell asleep in the sun and you're like, oh, shit, is that, did I like, is there is something there? Burn? Is it just an itch or is right. that going to be a burn? Then he doesn't hesitate. He gets out his pad and pencil and he pens a note himself. He pens a little missive to Karen Brewer. And that missive says, remember school pishers? Right. Uh, which I think is... His remember. way of saying, remember that school, school pictures are coming up, and you have glasses, which makes you look like a, some kind of a bat woman. Bats right. have four eyes, right. is the context here. Karen. Yeah. She takes Ricky's note. Right. Corrects his spelling. Right. Writes a D plus on it and right. hands it back to him. Yeah. First degree burn. First degree burn. Just <laughs> outstanding first degree burn. It was one of many. <laughs> First degree burns I captured. Just they're just sparring. Yeah, it is like watching two titans fight. That is brutal. It takes someone else's fucking. They burn. just exchange so many burns, yeah. Ricky and Karen. But Jack, Karen reserves her best burn. Okay, for Hank. Hank. Hank is some kid. He's just some kid in Miss Coleman's class. Yeah. Karen keeps switching glasses. Every time Miss Coleman writes something on the board, she has to switch back to her pink ones. Mm -hmm. And then when she goes to read, she switches back to her blue ones. Mrs. Coleman gets sick of it. She says, Karen, you're moving to the front of the class. You're switching with Hank. Neither of them are into it. When Hank and I had traded places, I was sitting right in front of Miss Coleman's desk. I liked that, but I did not like leaving Hanny and Nancy behind. And I bet they did not like sitting next to Hank. Hank bites the erasers off of his pencils. <laughs> I think it's just her stating the fucking gods. I think she's saying that. Hank's a weirdo. <laughs> she she paints such a crisp. It's such a vivid picture, picture yeah. of Hank with those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words. Yeah, Hank bites the erasers it's, off of his pencils. What, it's what she leaves unsaid. It's what. That's why he's so unlikable. Yeah, dear reader. Yeah. I'm not going to waste a lot of ink describing Hank. Right. All you need to know here, this is the dude who bites the erasers off of his pencils. Not the kind of guy you want to sit next to. You do not want to sit next to this dude. You would rather sit next to Ricky the Tower Torres than Hank, no less name given. (laughs) Pencil biter. Pencil biter. That's it, man. We did it. We did that segment. There is a Brewerian villain. Okay. Every Little Sister book. Yep. She names a a character. A terrifying villain. A terrifying villain who doesn't have a real human name, but it just goes by... The dog catcher. The dog catcher. The, the ice cream bone man. stripper. The bone stripper. Was that one? I think it was the bone doctor, but yeah. This one, Jack? Did you catch it? No. The title of chapter six? Mm-mm. The ophthalmologist. Doesn't that just mean an eye doctor? 
I'm gonna doctor your eyes. <laughs> oh <kid."> shit. <laughs> I'm going to look in your fucking eyes. My name is Dr. Gorson, and I'm going to doctor your eyes. Dr. Gorson? Yeah. Oof. A.K.A. the ophthalmologist. The ophthalmologist. So we've got the bone stripper. We've got the dog man. We've got the ice cream man. Yep. We've and now we've got the ophthalmologist Gorson. <laughs> I feel like these... Babysitter's Club Little Sister episodes yeah. have become a little bit too much about doctor shaming. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Just like the ophthalmologist. Yeah. The bone doctor. Right. The bone, bone stripper. The bone stripper. I think is what it's called. Which is a very, very respectable doctoring profession. Sure. You go to school for, you do eight years of fucking med school, then you have to do a residency. But we're we're looking we're seeing this all through the eyes of an accident prone young girl, you know. No, eyes not for long. Yeah, not for long. Not once the ophthalmologist stop hitting the f so hard. <laughs> Just say ophthalmologist. The ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist. <laughs> yeah, she goes to see the ophthalmologist, and the ophthalmologist gives her lenses through which she can see the world in a different no, he way. No, he doesn't. Doctor Gorson. Yeah. Just tells her her eyes are broken. Jesus. She goes to the optometrist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who gives her lenses. Oh, and that's lenses. fine. Everybody knows what an optometrist is. Right. The ophthalmologist. Dr. Gorson. Dr. Gorson just says, you can no longer see the world in the right way. We're going to take your eyes out. The optometrist goes unnamed. Well, Tanner? No, wait. No, you. I'm, I'm not hosting this show. Well, Jack? Yep. Can I ask you a question? Please. Little sniffle. <laughs> what does that mean? On the other more kind of bloated version of this show, there is a thing called the tearful moment mm -hmm. where we pick out a piece of the text that made us cry. Like if, like, let's say Anne decides to give one of the characters a terminal disease. Yeah. Let's just say. Right. And then we just have we have to just fucking deal with it and then record a fucking episode about it. Right. Let's say. Yeah. For instance. Good example. Good that's a good one. Excellent example. Yeah. Good. These books are written for a younger audience, mm -hmm. more vulnerable, and <laughs> doesn't quite pile on childhood leukemia. She just takes their fucking eyes out. She just they just take their eyes out, but that's yeah. fine. You know? That's fine. They're seeing the world in a new way. Yep. So we don't do tearful moments, what we do is little sister, little sniffles. Yeah. Did you have a little sister, little sniffle? Uh, I did. Hey, can you hit me? Karen gets home. She's had her school picture. It's been a fucking trial. Are you crying now, too? I'm just getting a little choked up. <laughs> she has been through a moral test, the likes of which none of us ever see. She has attempted 10 different ways of assailing her enemy and ultimately discarded them all in favor of an olive branch. Right. An olive branch that is rejected. Ricky Torres and his friends spurn her and walk away from her on the playground. But she wears two pairs of glasses. One pink, one blue. One pink, one blue. One of them around her neck, one of them on her eyes, as a way of saying, I see the world in many different ways. And that's the school picture that is taken. Right. She goes home. She takes the school pictures that she has. 
She starts to cut them up. I found a pair of scissors and sat down at the table. Then I put on my blue glasses. Very carefully, I cut the pictures apart. There, I said to Moosey. We haven't introduced Moosey. It's one of her toy cats. As a character. She has two cats. One is named Moosey. One is named Goosey. One lives at the small house. One lives at the big house. There, introduced. Yep. She says it to Moosey. Which one is that? The big house or the small house cat? There, I said to Moosey, who lives at the big house. I wrote, love Karen on the back of every picture. Is this where you're headed? Yeah, this is where it was headed. Here are the people the pictures were for. Colon. (laughs) I don't think saying the punctuation. Mommy. Makes it sadder. Daddy. (laughs) Seth. Elizabeth for their wallets. Parentheses. Nani, Christy, Charlie, Sam, David, Michael, Andrew, Emily, Hanny, Nancy, Natalie, my friend, Amanda. Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Baby my friend, Nation. My ba- friend. Tanner and I are just realizing this right fucking now. My friend. We're both looking at this because we both have this in our notes Hanny, because it's both of our fucking Let me make sure I'm reading sniffle. this right. Let me make sure I'm reading this right. No, th- that's Andrew, real. Emily, Hanny, Nancy, Natalie, my friend, Amanda Delaney. Amanda fucking Delaney. Thank you, Anne. Anne, thank you so much. <sighs> this is going to blow the case wide open. Uh, and that's all we wanted. All right, we'll, we'll finish this off because... The and next- Ricky Torres. Little I knew sniffle. just how I would give people my pictures, too. I would hold each one out and say, here, this is for you from me. Except for Ricky's picture. I would hide Ricky's picture in his desk and let him fight it himself. Yeah. I sighed. That was a good idea. Damn fucking right it was, Karen. And I would love to dig into the fact that she learned to mediate her experience in a different way with a new moral lens. Blah, blah, blah. Ricky Torres olive branch who cares amanda delaney is back amanda delaney is back america baby nation, baby nation. yeah <laughs> here we go why is she suddenly reappearing here karen is sending her notes the rest of the world has forgotten about her she's sending her pictures she's sending her a picture i don't know man oh it's hard to parse yeah i don't quite know what ann's telling us now ann Susan, Susan, if you're listening, if you're listening, you're probably new to the show, but yeah. we tend to confront our heroes like Anne and Hodges, and now you. If you can, in the next Babysitter's Little Sister book, send us some kind of message about the Delaney's, Amanda and Max, their four hundred dollar cat, yeah, their price undetermined dog. Somehow slip into one of your sketches a beautifully detailed face and just. <laughs> A mess of lines yeah. that somehow imply that the Delaney's are okay. Somehow give the cat like a receding hairline so yeah. it looks <laughs> like an Susan, old man. Susan, you don't answer to Anne or the Scholastic Lawyers. Just yeah. send us a message. Yeah. You only answer to your artistic muse. And that'll be next week. Yeah. Oh, on good. good. You're doing a good job. This is good. This is the great. The Babysitter's Club. Colon. Club. Club. Colon. Club. You want to let me take this? Okay. The Babysitter's Club Club colon Little Sister Little Episode number six, where we'll be discussing book number six. Oh, you take notes and everything. Karen's little sister. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. The little sister has become the big sister. 
when I say next week, I mean at some indeterminate point in the future. Yep. I have been Tanner Greenring. I've been Jack Shepard. We don't have a sign-off for this podcast. Good night, everyone. And if we did have a sign-off for this podcast, it w- certainly wouldn't be the sign-off that we use for the Babysitter's Club Club podcast, which is, Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you think boys had just been invented. Right. Thanks for clarifying. We don't have a sign-off for this one, though. And so. that's not it. Right. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you think boys had just been invented. <laughs> literally knocking him off balance but like pushing him over. you have metaphorically knocked him off balance and now you are literally knocking him off balance balance fuck me yeah you are now literally literally lock fuck my ass <laughs> you're now literally knocking him off balance what the hell <laughs> that was a headgum podcast <laughs>